It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You've listened to part one. Let's get into part two with Brian Callahan, where we finally get around to asking about Joe Burrow and more as we continue our interview with the Bengals offensive coordinator. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network here on Locked On Bengals, and that means we bring you coverage of your team every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube, and sometimes that includes two-part interviews with both coordinators for your Cincinnati Bengals. That's what it is right now. We're wrapping that all up. So make sure you subscribe, make sure you follow, make sure you hit the thumbs up if you like what we're doing on YouTube and make sure you make us your first listen. Today's episode of Locked On Bengals is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's not a crisis line, it's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online, available to people worldwide, and they have a special offer offer right now for Locked On Bengals listeners. You're going to get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on. James, the people are probably mad at us because it took us a whole second part of the interview <laughs> to, to get to talking about Joe Burrow. We finally do that yeah. today. And while we're on the topic, if you didn't miss it last week, maybe you took a week off because the Bengals had a buy and you needed a week to decompress as well. Make sure you go back to last week. We talked with Luana Rumo for a couple episodes as well. That was also fantastic. And both coordinators, I thought, gave us really great interviews and and spent some quality time with your favorite Bengals podcast host. So make sure you go back and check that out. But you're here for part two with Brian Callahan. So without further ado, let's dive into the end of our interview with the Bengals offensive coordinator. I think this is two interviews with you in a row where we've neglected to really get into the star quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals until deep deep into our conversation and we, we've alluded to him a few times now we're at the mid-season point uh, of of 2022 when joe burrow was asked in the offseason you know what is it you're working on what is it you need to improve he's talking about refining his overall game as his offensive coordinator watching him up close evaluating him in the film room being able to talk to him and understanding what his process is process is and knowing what you've been coaching him to do what what are the primary areas of, of growth or primary differences you've seen for Joe Burrow from last year to this year? Uh, can, can we talk about that for a bit? Yeah, I think that um, he's he's been so much more uh, patient. I think he's learned a lot of lessons this year. Um, teams played him differently than they've played him in the past, especially early on. Um, you get into these situations where you don't get what you prepare for. Um, and which is what a lot of of really good quarterbacks get. They get a lot of different looks because people are trying to slow them down or or slow the processing down. 
Um, even if it's just for a split second, it, it allows him a chance to make a play. Uh, but I've been really impressed by his growth uh, and his patience, the, the maturity that it takes to play the style of football we've had to play uh, in some of these games, uh, knowing that he has to manage it some too. And uh, that's a that's a hard lesson for some guys that, that don't want to manage. They want to go out and scramble and throw for throw the ball over the yard and uh, make all these plays. But I think he realized pretty early on in the season that you know if, if he can manage the the negative play part and, and not take sacks on on first and second down and and be able to just take easy completions and when you look up sometimes you take those easy completions and and it's it's first and ten it's second and two it's first and ten it's second and four it's first and ten and it's not exciting um, or aggressive the nature that the quarterbacks want to be um, but I think he's really learned that every game does require something different from him and he's in a really nice job of of knowing when to be patient knowing when to be aggressive uh, knowing when it's time to extend a play uh, and knowing when it's, it's at the right time to throw it away or, or take an easy completion and move on to the next down. I think that's been uh, a really big area of growth for him. You mentioned, uh, you know, going second and one, first and ten, second and four, first and ten. Avoiding third down, generally, we can agree, is a good thing. We, you, Absolutely. You, you do it at the beginning of the game against Carolina. I think you had 28 points before you had your third, third down of the game, if I yeah. recall correctly. Something like that. Maybe it was uh, 21 points. Is that part of why we're seeing some of these QB sneaks on second down? Can you talk yeah. about the QB sneak on second down? Because I find it fascinating, and I don't remember it happening very much in my previous history of watching football. It seems like something that I, I've seen a lot of, especially, the, I guess, the last few weeks. Yeah, it's it's one of those, you, you get in that moment, second and one, and uh, your inclination is to, you know, oh, hey, second and one, we can we can take a play-action shot here. Right. We can, that's that's usually what it is, but uh, then all of a sudden you're in third and one. And now you're getting short yardage defenses, and um, you know there were those moments earlier in the year where, where that was a little bit of a, a sticking point for us. You know, we had some struggles trying to convert um, in those mm-hmm. spots, and uh, why 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 screw around? You know, there you're not going to get a you're not going to get a third and one defense on second and one. You know, you're going to get a normal front, a normal defense, and and you're going to have a you're going to have a lane for a quarterback sneak just take the second and one and get a new set of downs and, and keep moving forward. And um, I think that's one of the things that our offense has done a really good job of. And I talk about the run game efficiency, but I think the overall, um, you know, when you're talking about positive plays and, and EPA and all those things, you know, I think we're like second in the league in, in EPA, positive EPA percentage. And um, that's a great thing for us. You know, we're, we're moving forward all the time and uh, we still create our explosives when we have chances to, but um you know, we're, we're okay with, with going 10 plays. And I think for a passing offense to, to be top five in the league in time of possession is a kind of a strange thing, but it, it just speaks to the style of play that we're at right now, where if everybody wants to play too high and stay on top of us, well, we got, we have no problem at all uh, methodically moving the ball down the field, especially in the pass game. And, um, and I think it just, again, that, that kind of goes back to your question about Joe as well as the, the patience um, and the, and the quick decision-making and the not wasting downs and keep moving forward and, so when you get into a second and one, just sneak the ball for two yards and, and we'll get another set of downs and, and keep moving forward as opposed to getting yourself in a third down because uh, there is no law. You do not have to play third down football. Um, and as much as we don't have to play third down football, we won't. We'll continue our conversation with Bengals offensive coordinator Brian Callahan in just a minute. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp Therapy Online and they've got therapists trained to help you figure out what's going on 
that's challenging you right now, and they'll help you learn productive coping skills to help you through it. Therapy is the closest thing to a guided tour of the complex engine of your mind when it's giving you troubles. And we've talked about BetterHelp before here on the podcast, and there's so many great things about it. You can switch therapists easily. They're going to connect you with people who specialize in the areas that you're looking to work in by giving you a questionnaire to fill out that will help them target those areas. And everyone deserves to feel their best. That's why therapy is out there. It helps you get back to that point if you're not feeling there right now. They're the world's largest therapy service. They've matched millions of people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists. And you can do it over the phone. You can do it on video chats. You can do it just with online text messages if you want. Get unstuck with BetterHelp. Right now, you can save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. It's Schultz and Sons time, and I love Schultz and Sons. You've heard us talk about the number one jeweler in the Cincinnati area for quite some time now. And Matt and his team, they they do an awesome job. And look, before I tell you exactly about Schultz and Sons being a member of the AGS, American Gem Society, we got to give out a game ball. The Schultz and Sons game ball. I'm going to do it in the middle of the read because, wait, the Bengals are on a bye. Who, who's the game ball? Lou Anarumo and Brian Callahan both get a Schultz and Sons game ball for coming on and, and doing two-part interview series uh, with us. But uh, Schultz and Sons, let's get to them a little bit because with the holidays coming up, well, you're looking for that unique piece, that rare piece. Well, they do custom pieces, and they're going to give you the right advice, a local company that has been in the business for 50-plus years. So you're talking about tradition, and by 50-plus, I mean 65. I sold you short. Sorry about that. The point is is they know what they're talking about, and you're going to get the 18 months, same as cash, available as well if you need to finance or prefer to finance. They're located in Fort Mitchell, just a few exits away from Paycor Stadium, so check them out. Right now, 2202 Dixie Highway in Fort Mitchell. And remember, when it has to be perfect, it has to be Schultz and Sons. I, mean, I got to ask you about the quarterback sneak a little bit more because yeah. it, it it was like, because I remember the, and I'm sure we all do, the short yardage struggles early in the year. Yep. And then it's it's like, all right, we're we're going to use the quarterback sneak. And, and he rushed for, I think he had three straight games with a rushing touchdown, two were sneaks. Mm-hmm. And obviously you've continued to implement it to keep drives going. Was there just a meeting where it's like, all right, we got to start finding a way to implement sneaks to get these short yardage plays when, when the run game was struggling a little bit or, or what yeah. went into that? That was part of it. You know, it, it ends up being, when you look back over history, it's the quarterback sneak in those short yardage situations tends to be um, wildly effective uh, yeah. over, over, over the course of time. And um, generally you try to quarterback sneak into the right looks, you know, if you don't have a, all the gaps inside covered and all the things like that. But, um, you know, you find out that you can, the shortest distance to get a yard is, is the guy sitting right in behind the center. So um, we found some success with it. I think Joe's got a really good feel for sneaking the ball. Uh, he knows where the softness is. He knows where to find the, the weak point or the entry point to get the yard or two. Uh, he's done a really nice job, particularly on the goal line, like you said, um, finding those finding those yards. And, you know, you don't give the defense time to, to really get off the ball and knock your line back. You kind of dictate the tempo of, of the play as opposed to trying to hand the ball to the back eight yards deep or seven yards deep. And now the defensive line has a chance to penetrate and do all those things where uh, sometimes you just smush it off forward and, and find a way for a yard. But Joe's Joe's shown that he's really adept at it and he can really find the, the lane and the spot for it. 
Um, and he's not been, I don't think he's been denied on a quarterback sneak uh, maybe once or twice in the last couple of years. I, I don't know that off the top of my head, but um, he's been really, really effective at it. Yeah, especially in the last couple of weeks, last few weeks, I'd say. I, I remember specifically that they, they've been going well. Uh, on the topic of Burrow, just, just to stay here, because again, superstar quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals, we, we might as well talk with his coach about him a little bit more. Uh, the, the proclivity to take sacks has been a criticism for, for Joe Burrow over the past you know, season and a half, especially. And the protection has been a little bit better a lot this year, but some of the sacks have gotten home quickly and some of them have been Joe trying to extend, trying to make plays. But, you know, as soon as it happened, the announcers were, were real ready to point out, oh, Joe Burrow's now taken 100 sacks since the start of last year. When, when you watch him play and you're trying to help him and coach him to, to balance that, get rid of the ball, get the ball out quick versus, you know, take it for that extra hitch because maybe that backside dig is going to be there. Mm-hmm. What is that like with Joe Burrow specifically, especially as it compares to some of the other great quarterbacks you've worked with? He doesn't like it. Um, he, he would much rather try to hold the ball and make a play, but I think he realized early on in the year on how, um, you know, whether I know he, he might not necessarily care about the sack or doesn't it, he feels like he can get out of the problem and, and, and extend and make a play. Um, but I think he realized that it can be deflating, too. It affects the momentum and the morale of the unit. Um, and he did a really nice job of, of understanding his his role in that and his place in that, um, particularly early. And I think he's done a much better job uh, of not putting himself in harm's way when it's not time to put yourself in harm's way. Um, he knows when it's the right time to extend a play and the right time to try to hold on to it. Um, we've definitely had moments where, where guys have gotten beat quickly. Uh, and that that'll happen. And, and he's done a nice job of protecting the ball and and living for the next down and not trying to do anything out of, out of the out of the scope of, of what's presented to him. Um, you know, we got to be better one on one, I think, across the board uh, at times, both, you know, like the tackles have all had their moments and the guards have all had their moments. And, you know, uh, the one that gets overlooked is I think, you know, our backs have had moments, too, where they haven't been as good as we want them to be uh, in protection. So it doesn't all fall on the offensive line. Uh, we've had some times we've been covered. You know, we've had some covered sacks that. Um, you know, especially on the third, third and third and long and things like that. Um, you know, so it's, it is always going to be a unit wide uh, stat, even though it doesn't, they, you know, the line is the one that gets banged for it all the time. But um, I think Joe's done a much better job of understanding uh, his role in that process and, and where he can, he can save us a, a negative play, particularly on a, you know, a first down. I think there was a, there was a play, um, I want to say two, uh, two weeks ago, Three weeks ago, maybe I think it was in New Orleans uh, where we we were down in the kind of low red zone. It was a first and ten, and we took, kind of took a shot towards the end zone and um, didn't quite have the look we were anticipating. And uh, instead of trying to hold the ball and wait for something to come open, he just threw it away. And in that spot, in that moment, on the you know in the high red zone, for him to to willingly throw the ball away out the back of the, out of the back of the end zone and not um, try to do anything other than that. And now now we're in second and nine, and we threw a touchdown the next play to Jamar. Um, that's the difference to be in second and nine without a negative play instead of now you're in second, second and 17 in the red zone. Those are really hard to overcome. And I thought that, that showed a tremendous growth on him of understanding when to take it, when it's, when it's the right time to not take a sack and the play wasn't there. There was no reason to create it's first and 10, get rid of the ball and we'll call the next one on second down. So, um, as a, as an example, I thought that was a good example of, of him of putting us in a better situation, uh, with his decision-making. Sticking with Burrow and, and going more big picture, 
mm-hmm. obviously we're essentially at the midway point. There is no perfect midway point, but mid- midway point of the season. Looking at the second half, what in an ideal world would this offense be? You don't know when Jamar's coming back yet. That's obviously part of it, and there's uncertainty there. You've shown you can run the ball. We know Joe Burrow can throw it all over, and if you need to throw it 55 times, he's willing to do that and extend plays and do all of those things. What what, what do you want this offense to be uh, in in what's a, a successful Bengals offense outside of winning all eight games uh, yeah. in, in the second half of the season? Yeah, I think we'd like to – there's the balance part of it's going to be big as, as the weather gets a little bit worse and the teams that we're playing against get – uh, you know, you know, increasingly more more competitive, and then the games get bigger. Uh, you'd like to have some balance, takes the pressure off. Um, you know, but it, we're always going to put the ball uh, when in doubt. We're always going to put the ball in Joe's hands to Joe Burrow. Just to be clear, we're always going to put the ball in Burrow's hands to to try to win the game for us. And um, I think that that's the, the appropriate way to do it. I don't think we'd want to do it any other way because uh, he's he's going to win a lot of games for you with the ball in his hands. And so. Um, but there is a balance portion that, that I think you'd like to see. I'd like to be able to continue to run the ball as efficiently as we've run it for the last couple of weeks. Um, try to find a way to get some more explosive runs. You know, that would be, you know, that's an area that, that we don't really uh, have a lot of success in yet. Sunday was a nice step, but uh, haven't had a lot of explosive runs in the run game. That takes a lot of pressure off of, of the passing game and, and the line and protection. So um, those two things would be good. I think for us to be where we want to be, we have to continue to do uh, our situational football the way we've done it. We're third in the red zone in touchdown percentage. We're third uh, on third down conversion percentage. Those are those are two critical situations that um, allow us to, to score a lot of points. And uh, we've been really good putting points on the board and we've had opportunities to and, and touchdowns, not field goals. Um, and that's how we've managed to put some of these teams away early uh, is because we've scored touchdowns quickly. And I think that that's the key is you continue to score seven points instead of three um, as much as possible. And um, if we can continue to have that type of success in those situations and then um, our four minute conversion percentages and, and earning first downs in the four minute drill has been really, really good as well. And so when you got to close a game out, we've been able to do that. Um, and I think that that's been a really a positive thing. So if, if we can have some balance and, and find some explosive runs and, and maintain our performance on the third down in the red zone areas, um, I, I think we have a chance to be to be a really good team on the stretch. We'll conclude our two-part interview with Brian Callahan in just a second, so don't go anywhere. But first, today's show brought to you by PrizePix. PrizePix is daily fantasy done right. You pick two to five players, and whether they're going to score more or less than their PrizePix projection. And, well, if you get it right, you're going to win big. I talk about staying the man all the time. You can join him and all of the other Locked on Bengals listeners that are making money with prize picks right now. So whether you want to take Patrick Mahomes to throw for more than his projection or Burrow to run for more than his projection, that's right. It goes in-depth, and it's not just NFL. It's NBA. It's college football. It's college basketball both men's and women's, and so much more. So don't delay. Go to prizepicks.com or download the PrizePix app and use promo code LOCKEDON to get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. It's free money that you can use to make more money. So don't delay. It's Daily Fantasy done right. Don't forget to enter the promo code LOCKEDON at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100 at prizepicks.com. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience. And without robbing you of the joy 
of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. As you're going through your self-scouting, as part of the bye week and and this is the last thing I'll ask you about when when you're spending time on the players and you're you're, you're talking about your scheme and all that that's all well and good but what one criticism that I, I think maybe we've talked about before is is the mm-hmm. second and ten runs you look at it this year they're they're essentially non-existent you guys run the ball on second and ten after an incomplete pass the second least in the NFL uh, on the on the other side of things do do you guys take a minute and look at the the decisions to go for it or or is that something that you look at from a tendency perspective do you look at i'm not going to call it the analytics because that's lazy but you know the the models that say you know this is a clear go situation this is a clear kick situation and and look at where those differences are between what you guys decide and what the models are yeah we do um i think that you know uh, sam francis who who does all that and he's the one that that handles all the modeling and all the books and, and what those things say on a per game basis um, I always find it interesting listening to him on Saturday mornings when we, when we get together and uh, talk through, you know, what, what is it? Uh, how aggressive are we going to be? What's the, what's the book going to say this week? And um, all the factors that go into it, you know, it, it's always a fun, fun conversation because it's, you know, how good have we been in short yardage? How good is the other team in short yardage? Um, and how, how good are you on third down versus how good they've been on third down? Um, is it a tight, they have an offense that can score? Uh, are we worried about them being able to put points on the board faster? Are we in take points mode? Because as long as we keep stacking points, um, they're going to have a hard time scoring. And, and those conversations are ongoing and every week it sort of changes. And so um, the aggressiveness of the fourth down decision-making uh, can, can be more aggressive. So now you're getting into spots where you're going forward on fourth and two, fourth and three, fourth and four uh, versus just a fourth and one. Uh, and then the field position changes too when, when you're, uh, having those conversations. So, yeah, we look at all that. I think Sam does a great job of, of finding the spots where, you know, maybe we, we, we could have gone for this one here. We shouldn't have gone for this one here uh, based on the, on the scope of everything happening in the course of the game. And then obviously with the hindsight of, of looking back on it, um, you know, I think it's, he does a really good job of, of being critical and of self-critical as well on, on our decision-making in those spots. And, um, you know, I think we've been relatively consistent with it, but there's, there's certainly, when you look back, it's like, yeah, we, maybe we should have taken a field goal on that one, or, or maybe we should have gone for that fourth and three uh, at the, at the 48, you know, and, and there's, there's, there's those conversations that go on after every game as, as we debrief it. So um, yeah, we look at all of those things in, in pretty good, pretty good depth. Brian, uh, we appreciate the time as always real quick before you go. Yep. You mentioned three and one in what will be part one uh, of, of a two-parter here, but uh, three and one and three and one, that'll get you to six and two in the second half of the season. Our pregame fist bump is three and one right now, so it looks like we're just going to have to keep that going. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm not. I'm not superstitious, but um, you know, certain things have good vibes and good mojo to them, and uh, a three and one fist bump is, is going to have to continue. You're a little, a little stitious. stitious. I'm a little stitious. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. That's right. Yeah, Brian, we'll, uh, we'll keep that going. Don't worry. All right. Well, I, yeah, I just, I like to update the people. I, I had no plans to tell everyone that. And then it just, 
came out at the end of an episode and, and now it's a thing. So uh, hopefully it, it, it does offer you the good vibes. We, uh, we always appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on and, and good luck the rest of, of the way. An eight game sprint. That's right. I always enjoy coming on guys. Thanks for having me. And that's it. We've gotten you through the bye week with two great interviews from the Bengals offensive and defensive coordinator. Ooh. And tomorrow we're going to be right back into football. There, there's a game hey, coming up soon by the time you've all listened to this. Hey, Jake, I, I just hope well, – I'm not going to say I hope. I, I just have a sneaky feeling that both guys, both of our last two guests, are, are going to be one of, of 32 NFL head coaches at some point in the near future. Would not shock me one bit. In the meantime, there's football to talk about. But I'm just saying I think both of those guys uh, could, could be head coaches in the near future. They, they have impressive resumes at this point. I mean – we're a little biased because we've just talked to both of them. We've been covering them in detail for years now, but you look at what Brian Callahan's done with the offense the last two years as part of the offensive masterminds and working with Joe Burrow, his track record going back with Matt Stafford, with Peyton Manning, with Derek Carr, and Lou Anarumo, just a transformation that we talked with him about that he's put his defense through yep. in just the last couple of years with the Bengals and, and his long, long resume at this point. Both of those guys, I think, are, are impressing around the league at this point. And you do that when you have a team that, that makes a Super Bowl run that's a balanced effort, and then they come out the next year, and both units are ranked right around the top 10, if not in the top 10. So, you know, wishing those guys all the best. Their personalities obviously show up in these interviews as well, and, and they're both gracious with their time and, and I think give – thoughtful answers so again we're, we're really appreciative for, for both guys coming on the show and like you said james there's football to talk about so we'll get back to that in the very near future it's what week is it 11 week Man. 11 Whew, flying it's Time flying by flies. it's got wings it, it really is like it, it actually doesn't feel like half the season is gone and we're well past the the 50 mark at this point eight more games for the bengals so we'll dive right in to week 11 here coming up shortly on Locked On Must Bengals. win. It's a must win, Jake. Aren't, aren't they all at this point? Are we going to do this again like we did last year? Where, yeah, oh, this yeah. It feels like a must win game. And we're going to say it in every Pittsburgh, week? AFC. Can you fall to, to 0 and 4 in the AFC North? No, yeah. no, you can't, my friend. Yeah. They, they're all high stakes for the Bengals at this point. And, and it starts this week. Anyway, plenty of time to talk about that. We appreciate you listening to our second part of our interview with Brian Callahan. And, we hope you stick around for the rest of our coverage this year. Until next time, we appreciate you listening to the Locked On Bengals podcast. Hootay, and have a good one. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.